Hello and welcome into the Lockdown Wolves podcast. We, this is uh, the postcast. We're live, uh, myself and Marty Geller for Valley Sports North. We're going to break down the Wolves' win over the Warriors on Sunday night. Welcome in. You are Lockdown Wolves. You are Lockdown Wolves postcast, part of Lockdown Sports Minnesota. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Lockdown Wolves podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Ben Beacon. I'm the host of Lockdown Wolves. Marty Gelder of Valley Sports North is with me live to break down the Wolves win over the Warriors on Sunday. And Marty, this was a huge win in every possible way for the Wolves. They're now alone in seventh in the West. They managed to split the season series with the Warriors, so no tiebreaker for Golden State. And another close late win for the Wolves after a single possession win over Atlanta the other night. The Wolves are able to hang on late, get a big shot from Carl Thitty Towns. Great defense down the stretch. Uh, really, really important win for Minnesota. I just don't think we can really overstate it. I mean, we're down to now seven games left to play. This was the team ahead of the Timberwolves, if you don't go with the teams that are tied with them. Uh, this is the spot they want. You know, the Golden State is in the sixth spot and out of the play-in completely, and the Timberwolves in a head-to-head game with the team that's right ahead of them. I mean, to to win this game and to hold Golden State to the lowest point total of the season for Golden State at home, I mean, that that's just something teams haven't done this season, and it was incredible. It was a fantastic, very important, significant, and tremendous win for the Timberwolves, and I'm not afraid to say it. Yeah, and that's three wins in a row. It's two close wins. The Wolves are now um, what a back a game back above five hundred, and and you know we can talk about the standings a little bit more later. But like, yeah, I mean this this is so big for so many reasons. And um, in terms of how the Wolves played, like game game long, I think like we could break down the last couple of possessions if we want. I don't know if we want to go blow by blow, but. In general, I thought the Wolves' perimeter defense in this game was really, really impressive. And they tried a couple different things. They played a lot of drop coverage early, and and Jordan Poole kind of had his way. And and really, he was the problem throughout the game. But I thought the Wolves did a good job on Steph Curry. They did a good job on Clay Thompson, um, as good as you can. And for a while, I think Clay missed like nine shots in a row at one point. And the Wolves were doing a good job of 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 switching when they could. And then even when they ended up with bigs kind of on an Island, I thought, especially Carl Anthony Towns and Nas Reed, both of them moved their feet defensively, did their best to stay in front of the Warriors, talented perimeter players. And uh, what it, it just, I mean, it held the Warriors to 96 points. And anytime you could do that, it's an impressive defensive performance. And the Wolves uh, out to outshot the Warriors from three Minnesota made two more three pointers than golden state. And that doesn't happen a whole lot. And Chris Finch, after the game, praised the defense, and it was kind of up and down the lineup. It was different guys at different times. I mean, Minnesota's best defender is Jaden McDaniels, and he played 10 minutes tonight because he had foul trouble throughout the game. And so you would think on a night like this, Jaden must have played you know, 35 minutes and led the defense, and he was clamped down. And it was other guys. It was Kyle Anderson had five steals. His long arms just get in the passing lane. His anticipation is so good. I mean, there were just some significant defensive plays. Rudy Gobert in the paint. He he was looking like the defensive player of the year type of Rudy Gobert in this game. 18 rebounds. Like, there were just some really big plays on a night when the offense was not flowing by any means. There was a little too much iso ball. There was a little too much... And and or Carl trying to get themselves going, which you totally understand. They got to get back in rhythm. 
but it just, it didn't look pretty at times. And thankfully on a night when the offense did not look pretty, the Wolves brought their defense and every guy up and down the, the lineup contributed to that tonight. Yeah, and you, you mentioned a couple of players there that I did want to dig in on a bit more. We can start with Kyle Anderson because he had, uh, what, a, I guess a four by five game, 12 points, 10 rebounds, seven assists, five steals in this game, including what the really the game's saving steal that led to the game winning the go-ahead basket from yep. Carl Anthony Towns. But Kyle Anderson in a game where, as you mentioned, Jane McDaniels plays only 10 minutes, is in foul trouble early and often in this game. And Kyle Anderson had moved back to the bench for the first time in a long time, and here he is playing 32 minutes again. Um, and putting up just like a massively important, well-rounded game, which we've seen him do time and time and time again. We talked the other day. He, he's the only Timberwolves player with multiple triple doubles in a season since I think Rubio and Kevin Garnett are the only other guys that have done it. Um, and, and here's Kyle Anderson again with this four by five game, the, the, the massive steal down the stretch, initiating offense again. I mean, again, leading the Wolves in assists. I'd have to go back and look, but he's done that a lot lately. Um, just so so vital to everything the wolves do and it's it's easy to like you see Nas's big point total we'll talk about him we saw cat with the big you know basket at the end of the game rudy controlling the paint which we'll talk about but then here's kyle anderson just doing a little bit of everything and coming up with with really the the biggest play of the game there down the stretch yeah and after the game chris finch i think his quote was uh in in so many different ways kyle anderson is our most important player and he's not wrong. I mean, the, the stat lines that Anderson puts up regularly, they're not gaudy and flashy, but they're always just packed full. They're like short and stocky. You know, he's he's got every number filled out, and he did it again tonight, and then he just shines in the biggest moments because he plays smart. You know, he plays smart, heady, high IQ basketball, and on a team that sometimes – you know, like Anthony Edwards is a young player who's getting a lot smarter, but he plays on a lot of just talent and skill, and, and he's out there hooping. And then there's Kyle Anderson, who's always out there thinking. And it, this was another example of just making really heady plays. And you could see he just doesn't let up. Like somebody's dribbling the ball in front of him and is just trying to make an entry pass. And Kyle Anderson's arms are out there in the lane. Like he's reading their eyes and anticipating where this pass is going to go. And then he just sticks his long arms out there and boom, he's got a couple of steals. He had five of them tonight. And that last one he had when Carl was the trailer and hit that three. I mean, that, that is just a really, really important play in one of the biggest moments of the game. So Kyle Anderson, I just thought all around, almost every area that he touched tonight, he made a significant impact. Yeah. And it felt like before he got that seal, it was almost like, the Wolves were about to start fouling. They had the foul to give, and and there were a couple of, you know, officials could have called fouls right before that if they had thought the Wolves were trying to foul. And uh, right before they probably get to the point where they where they start fouling, um, you know, he he's able to, to jump in the passing lane, start the break back the other way, and make the right play, too. Um, you know, it, like, there's a couple different ways that could have gone once he had the ball in his hands. Like, he could have pulled it back out, and, you know, obviously – what happened was the right play, but there'd be a school of thought to like, okay, let's not give the Warriors a chance with the ball. Now you're losing. So Towns shooting the ball with the possibility of an offensive rebound was the right play, but another player, you know, other players may have pulled it back out and tried to like run something or maybe thrown it to Rudy, who is the trail big behind cat, which would have been potentially disastrous on the move, going down the paint, calling for the ball, thinking he's going to get the game winning dunk. But the right play there was to throw it to Towns who was in rhythm, wide open in transition, 
uh, perfect opportunity to knock down a three. Let's also talk about Rudy Gobert. We mentioned earlier, you mentioned, Marnie, how he controlled the paint. And he really did. And Golden State doesn't do a ton of damage in the paint. That's not their game. They don't get to the line very often, which is one of the reasons why I actually don't hate the Warriors as a matchup for the Wolves in general, because Golden State doesn't try to get to the line a lot. The Wolves foul a lot. And and of course, it wasn't great for Jaden McDaniels in this game. But um, Rudy did really control the paint. I mean, other than Jordan Poole, nobody else really did much damage uh, in terms of getting to the line or getting into the paint for Golden State. And Rudy had 18 rebounds. Nobody on the Warriors had more than seven. Um, and even though Gobert only had three shot attempts, he had a double-double, 10 points because he got to the line a bunch and, and made you know three-quarters of his free throws, so he had a good game at the line. 18 boards, four offensive rebounds. Uh, I thought this was a good Rudy Gobert game, and um, I mean, it needed to be, right? Against a team that loves playing small, he needed yeah. to play big, and he did. He did, and I feel like it's, it's a really effective game when Rudy doesn't have to shoot the ball a lot but can be really involved and really impactful. This was like that prototype of the game. And, you know, something that is really interesting about the impact that Rudy had tonight, he had 17 rebounds going into the fourth quarter. He only had one in the fourth and played eight and a half minutes in the fourth. But if you watch and kind of isolate him, Golden State was putting bodies all over Rudy Gobert when he was in the paint. So now you've got a team that is using its defensive energy to just try to limit a guy on the to getting rebounds, which they did successfully, but it had to have opened up other areas for the Timberwolves to then get good shots. So the impact that Gobert made, because he was dominating the glass so much, forced Golden State to play a different style of, of defense just to kind of get bodies on him and get try to get him off a of rhythm or get you know, give them some rebounds. That is the significant difference that Rudy Gobert makes and something that's not going to show up in the old stat sheet, but something that he can hang his hat on. And like, yeah, you see how I impacted this game? It wasn't because I, because he shot and scored 40 points. It was because he had 18 rebounds and forced another team to scheme against him on the glass. I mean, that's, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, the Warriors had to send multiple bodies at him all game long, and and he dealt with it. And even when, like you said, even when he couldn't grab rebounds, he was active. He was getting his hands out there. He was tipping balls. And I thought, in general, the Wolves did did well on the. I mean, the, what were they? I believe a plus twelve in this game on the glass. Uh, yeah, plus twelve yeah, on the it was glass. Their and third highest uh, rebounding advantage of the season. We looked that up at one point. So significant. Yeah. Today's episode of Lockdown Wolves of the Postcast is brought to us by our friends at Prize Picks. If you had taken Nas Reed points over, we're going to talk about Nas next. You would have been in good shape in this game. If you're wondering how Prize Picks works, it's really simple. You just pick two to six players, and if they'll score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 25 times your money on any entry. You're not competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. Prize Picks offers projections on any sport that you watch. Of course, that includes the NBA as well as what's left of college basketball over the next week, NHL, MLB is about to start up. You name it, they have it at Prize Picks. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It really is that easy. Download the Prize Picks app. Or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First-time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code Locked On. If you deposit $100, Prize Picks will give you $100. If you deposit $50, they'll give you $50. Don't forget to enter the promo code Locked On at sign up for an instant deposit match up to $100. Let's talk about Nas Reed. I mean, Nas led the Timberwolves in scoring in this game easily. He had 23 points. Nobody else had more than 14 for the Wolves. He only played 21 minutes. He led them in field goal attempts. He led them in points. 
hit a couple of big shots down the stretch. Uh, I think he started nine of 12 and, and finished maybe like one of five, but he had a big corner three late, had six boards in this game, was third on the team in rebounding. Um, and I, I mentioned this earlier. I thought he defended well, too, in a game where you need your bigs. If you're going to play big against Golden State, you, you better not miss. And by that, I mean, you better be able to defend in space. And I thought Nas was a big part of that. Uh, just a, a good two-way performance from Nas Reed. He's been just terrific, and he's been so important to the Timberwolves, too. And there was just kind of a rhythm that he was in tonight. There was a stretch where he shot corner threes from both corners in the span of, like, I don't know, it seemed like 45 seconds. And he had two in front of the Warriors bench and one on the other opposite side. I think he made two of them. But even just the fact that he's getting those looks and putting them up, there's just been something so dynamic and... Um, effective and just it's pretty Nas Nas Reed's offensive game is flat out pretty and he just has proven himself over and over and over that man is going to make some money this offseason and when you think that the Wolves you know finally get to a point where it's like okay well we got to limit Nas you know he's the odd man out we have so many bigs you just absolutely cannot he has 100% earned his playing time even though the Wolves have Rudy Gobert and Carl Anthony Towns and all the bigs and all the healthy guys as post players. You just, you cannot not play him significant minutes. I mean, he, the Wolves have their starting five fully intact tonight for the first time in four months. And Nas Reed led this team in scoring at Golden State. He's just been tremendous. Yeah, and it's going to be interesting to see as, as you know, there's only seven uh, excuse me, seven regular season games left. And then the Wolves get into, into hopefully playing and play, play it. Well, hopefully not playing playoff basketball. And uh, we've seen what teams have done to Rudy Gobert in the past and, and here in the playoffs and, you know, playoff basketball slowing down and the whole thing, but um, the Wolves play fast and they play big. So can they, you know, be a little bit resistant? I mean, the Warriors love to play fast and small and the Wolves were able to, I mean, obviously only win by a possession, but they were able to have their way uh, when they needed to in this game and down the stretch. Uh, next up for Minnesota, they turn around and play Monday night at Sacramento. It's a huge game. We talked about the standings off the top, but the Wolves are alone in seventh right now in the Western Conference. They're only a half game behind Golden State, and there's no tiebreaker there. They're only a game behind the Clippers, who are in fifth, and the Wolves have that tiebreaker. Um, they have a half game on the Pels, TBD on that tiebreaker. The Wolves currently are tied in that one, and they also have tiebreakers over the teams in ninth, tenth, and eleventh. And they're two games up now on Maverick on the Mavericks who are down in 11. So good spot for the Wolves right now. Obviously, it's going to be tough on the second night of a back-to-back. No idea availability. You know, three of their players were the Wolves players are questionable coming into the game on Sunday. We'll see who's available Monday. And then a huge game at Phoenix because, I mean, Phoenix in the four spots not out of reach either. The Wolves have Phoenix on, on uh, Wednesday night too. So big week ahead for the Wolves. And the standings are just, I mean, I keep using the word wild, but I don't know a better way to explain this. The Wolves were tied earlier this afternoon, tied by record with the Lakers and Pelicans, but the Wolves were in the seventh spot. So it went Wolves, Lakers, Pelicans, all with the same record. The Lakers lost, and the Pelicans jumped the Wolves because of that, because there are different tiebreaker rules if three teams are tied versus two teams are tied. And that's where we are in the Western Conference using different tiebreakers for the number of teams that are tied for the same spot because it is so jumbled up. I mean, I I had no idea. We couldn't figure this out today. As soon as the Lakers lost and we saw the updated standings, we were like, how in the hell did the Pelicans jump 
the Wolves when neither of those two teams played. It is bizarre. We're down two weeks left in the season, and this is still going on. I, I've never seen anything like it in the standings. And I think as an NBA fan, you have got to be absolutely giddy and just in a tizzy over what's yeah. going on in the Western Conference. It's crazy. Well, and, and obviously a million things can change because a million things change today alone. But like over the next two weeks, because uh, or, or I should say, but the Wolves and Pelicans finish the season against one another right yeah, now. Exactly. Yeah, as of today, um, the Wolves are, what do we say? They're now technically a half game ahead of the Pelicans because the Wolves won tonight. But um, they played one more game than New Orleans. New Orleans has won four straight. The season series is split 1-1 right now. Um, I mean, who knows? Like, maybe at that point, both teams are in. It's a matter of positioning. But either way, that's likely to be an important game on April 9th. It's a a matinee at Target Center, actually, to finish the regular season. So, yeah. Man, these next two weeks, like it goes without saying that every single game is extremely important. Yeah. But um, at Sacramento Monday, at Phoenix Wednesday, and then home for the Lakers on Friday. So a massive week ahead. We'll, of course, go live after the game uh, late Monday night, the game at Sacramento. So be sure to tune in. Subscribe to Locked On Sports Minnesota. Um, and you will be notified when we go live about 45 minutes after the end of that game. And, of course, you can also listen to the audio. If you can't watch it live, it is a late game. You can listen to the audio on Locked On Wolves on any of your favorite audio platforms. You can always listen to it after the fact. We'll do the full post-game podcast the following day as well. So be sure to subscribe to Locked On Sports Minnesota on YouTube. Subscribe to Locked On Wolves wherever you listen to podcasts. A big thank you for watching. A big thank you for listening tonight. We'll catch you next time.